Hey guys, and thanks for listening. This is Robust Discuss. I'm your co-host, Sean Lockery, and my good friend here today with me. Hey guys, Brian Arvaez here speaking. Hey, so we are Robust Discuss. This is a podcast where we aim to talk about various topics concerning our lives, our government, and our morality. The topics are going to range from U.S. politics. We'll throw in some philosophical questions and even do some debates about current events. Our topic for the day today is going to be homelessness. We're going to talk about some causes about them, a little bit of the facts and demographics, and go into what we think our solution should be. Concerning those causes, Brian, you if you want to go ahead and take it away. Yeah, there are five main causes to homelessness. First being lack of, a ho- uh, lack of affordable housing. Next, unemployment, then mental illness than poverty and also to a lesser degree substance abuse and it is important to note that that's the top four cases of homelessness among unaccompanied individuals whereas if you look at the top causes of homelessness among families it would go in the the order of lack of affordable housing unemployment poverty and then low wages so it does range a little bit depending on the specific family situation yeah, it, it depends on your situation. Since many homeless uh, people tend to be single adults and typically males, a lot of those causes that I mentioned factor in more significantly. But if you're speaking about families, it tends to more so be um, just a financial issue causing them to land in that unfortunate situation. Yeah, and so in terms of the conversation today, tackling those issues is is a major, essentially, preface to the whole situation of homelessness. You obviously need to reduce the ability in which these issues have to hinder and affect people's living situations and thus can hopefully diminish the amount of people who fall into homelessness on a regular basis. Going into, real quick, just some demographics. Of, of the different homeless population. You had said earlier they're, they are mostly male. So 63% of the population was male. So it is, it is a, a, a big majority there. Right. There's also, um, in 2010, it was shown that one out of every 141 people in black families had stayed in a homeless shelter compared to one out of every 990 persons in uh, white families. So there is some disparity there. They would also show that uh, black persons and families represented 38.8% of sheltered persons and families in 2010, though they only made up 12.1% of the entire U.S. family population. So they're essentially, there's more homeless, like there's there's definitely a more of an issue with with homelessness in that population. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really unfortunate. It's crazy that overall on any given day, over half a million people are homeless uh, in general. I would like to highlight that, especially with a lot of these main causes, aren't things you can necessarily combat or help the cause that may be putting you in a situation in which you may end up losing your home, such as with mental illness and things. If you can't get the proper attention and the proper therapy and possible medication or things that you may need to help sustain like your mental state to allow you to keep a job and pay for your bills and afford a place to live you'll end up you know you that could fall into homelessness again with with substance abuse i mean obviously going into the whole like opioid pandemic and things that happened and like the drug crisis and stuff obviously like falling into it necessarily isn't always a choice and it definitely is very hard to climb back out of a hole once you've stepped into it Kind of to your point, I would say there's also a relationship with mental illness, drugs, and homelessness where they can all be causes of each other. So that sometimes you can be homeless because you have an untreated mental illness or an untreated 
substance abuse, but sometimes when you're homeless, to cope with that, you may get into drugs or that may cause uh, trauma to you. I mean, being homeless is an extremely traumatic experience, um, and that can cause strain and cause mental illness. Exactly, yeah, it is a... Back and forth. So those aren't the, uh, the main issues. Um, a lot of that is poverty. A lot of that is becoming jobless and seeing that's what i'm saying is that all of those causes kind of go together like that with that back and forth because with unemployment you have you know if you lose your job and you can't get have afford a home and you end up on the street it's going to be just that much harder for you to then obtain a job to get back into the ability to afford a home and i mean if you can't reliably get to work if you can't have a place to send send your mail and things like that if you can't shower and things on a regular basis you're going to end up in a very difficult situation and where you may not be able to get that job again i I just want to highlight that it's not as easy to just climb up and fix these solutions once you've become homeless because you lose your stability exactly it takes away all the opportunity you have to fix these issues we'll get to talking to that a little bit later in the episode of like what we can do about our our homeless population but these causes essentially are all you know they're going back and forth in terms of around and around is when it's harder and harder to prevent the cause once you're homeless you see what i'm saying yeah i mean once you reach homelessness the cause almost becomes irrelevant at the very least to the individuals who are already homeless um the cause is kind of irrelevant because you can't properly deal with what may have gotten you into that uh, state of homelessness in the first place if you don't have the stability exactly i would say if we could if we as a society could deal with those issues um i do believe personally that we could lower the population of homelessness or at least lower new people becoming uh, homeless if we're dealing with those issues before they get to that but obviously the situation at hand causes us to have to deal with our homeless population first yeah and so going back into that some of the different demographics of our of our population there was a on a single night in uh, january 2014 the statistic i'm reading that uh, uh, veterans actually accounted for 11.3 percent of all homeless adults and then that uh, during a 12-month period from October of 2011 to September of 2012, homeless veterans accounted for one out of every 156 veterans in our country. Yeah, and we're talking about, I mean, at that point, I think tens of thousands. Uh, at least it's, yeah, no, tens of thousands of homeless people are just veterans. Again, i just like to highlight you know, the different amounts of people who are homeless and show that it's not, you know, it's not always a choice or a situation that they can necessarily get out of. And like, I mean, especially our veterans, I mean, they've served our country. They've done one of the most, I mean, one of the most honorable and like, like noble things you can do as for, for America. And yet they've ended up in a homeless situation. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously choices are made here and there and things happen, but personal choice definitely takes into account but hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, uh, as you live life, there's, everybody's going to look back and be like, "Hey, I could have made a different decision here." No, exactly. You aren't as educated. You know, you aren't as knowledgeable as you were yesterday. And regardless of that, that doesn't also account for the fact that there's um, not so much support, uh, society, societal support, I suppose you would say. That's the thing is that, in a especially uh, talking about that support going into you know with with domestic violence. Over 15% 
uh, well, 15% of all homeless adults were identified as survivors of domestic violence. And there was a census that was conducted of domestic violence service conducted in September 2013. Uh, 36,348 victims of domestic violence received housing services from domestic violence programs, which included like emergency shelters and transition housings in a 24-hour period. However, uh, the same domestic services found that 60% of requests that service providers were not able to meet those for housing, with a total of 5,778 requests unmet. So it just goes to show that, I mean, there, there are people reaching out and things like that, and that exactly that they're not able to be, you know, provided for. Right. And I mean, the same can be said in terms of um, people dealing with mental, mental illness, illness substance, substance abuse. abuse. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There, I mean, obviously, there are programs available to um, assisting individuals that are dealing with that. Um, I mean, that can even apply to veterans themselves. They come home with PTSD or they come home uh, possibly with drug habits that are uh, acquired to help cope with uh, the traumatic events that they that they have, or a combination of both, um, where maybe a mental illness due to you experiencing something traumatic or something um, genetically uh, happening to you, and without the proper sources, you might turn to something like drugs that can lead you into to debt, to poverty, poverty, to losing your job, and then ultimately to being on the streets. No, exactly. I mean, I... I... I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I understand that's a, it's definitely an issue that comes with... It's multifaceted. Yeah, I mean, there's... there's And there's many steps. Exactly, there is. There's many, many steps here and there, and there's things that you have to do that are all going to collectively help people not fall into a homeless situation. We haven't really even get, gotten into um, the housing situation itself and just the lack of affordable housing. And like that's actually a going into a little more statistics. What I was gonna go bring up here as well is that perfect segue, huh? Yep, there you go. But uh, in 2012, a 10.3 million renters. It was a par- approximately one in four. This the study says had had it what they classify as extremely low incomes. Now, out of them, 75% of extremely low income households end up with less than half of their income left to pay for necessities for food, medicine, transportation, or childcare. Now, obviously, the foreclosure crisis and everything in 2008, the state of local homelessness groups reported a 61% rise in homelessness since the foreclosure crisis began, and approximately 40% of families that were facing eviction due to foreclosure were renters. The problem may continue to worsen as they represent a rising segment of the U.S. population. It's just, it's that it's... That's what the study has found in terms of the causes. The families, the people who are being born into this homeless situation in terms of children, people and families made up upwards of 37% of the total sheltered or unsheltered homeless population in 2012, and about 2.5 million children, or one in every 30, were homeless in 2013, an increase of 64% since 2007. Again, going into that housing crisis, it's creating, again, what we mentioned before of that loop of children who are then born into homelessness. And like we had mentioned, homelessness can create and lead to any one of those causes that can then prohibit and prolong your situation of homelessness and 
cycle and cycle. Can't disagree there with the issue of homelessness and really a lot of the issues that you'll see in this nation and many nations and a lot of the topics that we'll be talking about. It's an unfortunate cycle that occurs, you know, where people born into poverty might not be able to get out of poverty. I mean, the United States, uh, to its credit, is a place where people can overcome and can uh, have a lot of opportunity, but that's not without its faults as well. And, like, there's definitely issues that, or disadvantages that people may come into, uh, may be born with, uh, or maybe may come by um, events happening to them that can lead them into a downtrodden cycle where they can't just get out of with their own ability exactly and so kind of what that leads into with us today is it's going to go into obviously we talked a lot about the causes we talked a lot about the different statistics and things like that but the question then becomes what do you do with the people who are already homeless it's great to say that we can solve these issues and obviously they are very important but for the people who already are there we're going to kind of bounce back and forth here today about what could be a possible solution for ending that cycle. What I think part of um, being able to help these people in it right now, over half a million people on any given day who are in it right now, need some sort of stability. And that may not be necessarily just giving houses away, although there are plenty of vacant houses that uh, can help occupy the several hundreds of thousands of people who don't have anywhere to sleep tonight. There's different programs that we can enlist to give these people some sort of stability so that they can start dealing with the issues that cause them to become homeless and the issues that cause them to stay homeless. Sean, I'm pretty sure you're aware of a pretty good program that um, helps people out with that. Yeah, that's actually what I want to talk about is it's the idea of housing first. And it's a, it's a homeless assistance approach that essentially will prioritize providing a home and a permanent housing for somebody over essentially anything else. Now, obviously, this doesn't come with no assistance. It is housing with assistance as much as it is, is a home. The main caveat, I guess I could say, is it's not on a requirementable basis in such that there's no like drug testing requiring to set up for weekly like weekly visits things like that rehab mental mental visits things like that the focus is the home the point of the cycle becomes you have to end it somewhere right you have to take a point jab in and stop that stop is the home with the house and with that focus first they can then get to a stable mental state and attempt to resolve and work through the issues that they need help with. Taking somebody who's homeless off the street and just giving them a house or somewhere to stay isn't going to outright fix whatever issue that they have, but it gives them a starting point. It gives them a point of stability. Like I said earlier, they can start dealing with their issues. If it's lack of affordable housing, um, at the very least, they'll have an opportunity to get employment. Um, I mean, employment won't actually help with uh, a lack of affordable housing, but more so poverty, um, so that they can start having funds to start being able to be independent, being able to find housing of their own. 
they'll have um, somewhere to sleep, somewhere to shower, somewhere to rest. So giving them a house isn't going to fix a problem like mental illness, poverty, or substance abuse. But it can help with other issues that they're having. Those issues can't be solved without a stability, like without a stable home. You know, you can't go to a homeless person and attempt to fix their mental illness while they're like their mental illness while they're living on the street. Like that's that's not a, a conducive environment. You can't kick uh, an addiction to crack if one of the only places you can sleep at is a crack house. Okay, yeah, interesting example, but sure, yeah, exactly. So and that's the that's the idea is that there's giving them that home first over anything. I was I was reading an article earlier in my in my research talking about a gentleman from New York. Uh, specifically living in a in a Brooklyn community uh, housing service. And he talked a lot about how the service had been there for him, even through his down spirals and, and um, like fall-ins with drugs again and things like that. It was through that support of a home and a place to live that he was able to fight through that and you know, you know continuously work to be better. Essentially, the idea is that if we can give them that place, then it gives them that opportunity to work on these other issues like we've stated and, and discussed here. The interesting question then becomes, how do we implement a way for this to happen? I mean, like, like you had said earlier, that oh, any given day there's half a million, over half, over half a million people homeless. What I would propose is on the state level, they could apply for grants to fund a grant system for homeless people in in the state or communities, and then that they can then apply for and get funding for housing and things to like that where they could choose to live and work to get a place to support themselves. And I can appreciate that idea because it's not necessarily giving the responsibility of helping homeless to our federal government that's already dealing with its own issues of, well, you know, running a country, uh, dealing with international affairs and uh, national security, and give it to um, the states so that they can deal with um, their own homeless population on their own, to a degree, with some funding. Being as New York is one of the, the top states with the highest population of homeless people, they would need to apply for larger grants and deal with a larger population than, you know, some of the you know, Midwest, like Midwest states and things like that, or even like Florida and stuff like that, as well as Florida is rather high on the list. They're going to need different levels of interaction at different states. The grant system would allow them to apply for what they need based on their circumstance and that way it's not just some like blanket waste of funding or anything like that it's all systematic of what your state needs you can apply for that if this is just a ballpark in terms of to make it helpful for everybody if say there's a state that has a larger population in certain cities but not across the state so if the state doesn't want to do a lot of the funding maybe even the cities could go and keep it even more of a local a local connection with our communities you know getting the help that they need Obviously, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of legal write-up in terms of being able to set up those grants and apply for them and all that kind of conversation. But in the idea of helping people, just a thought process. It wouldn't be an incredible cost. Um, the number will sound big. I think it's somewhere between 20 to $40 billion to deal with homelessness. 
the idea of that cost and that conversation becomes that it's also cheaper to do the pathway of providing them with a home first than it is through even shelters and things like that. Whereas and as there was a study that conducted that showed to give them a home first would cost in around 18000 per year per person. Whereas that shelters could cost anywhere from twenty four to 43000 per person a year. I would also argue, though, that that investment is exactly that. It is it's an investment into our community and our people. Because not only would that, I mean, obviously help, you know, the half a million people who are homeless get them off the streets and get them a living a living situation that obviously helps those people. Beyond that, though, that would then provide people who are going back into the workforce, paying into taxes, working into the communities. Right. They can start giving back and doing things and everything. It not only works for that, it keeps the amount of homeless people and stuff who have to visit jails and hospitals, you know, it lowers the costs there. It's an investment across the board because it helps our community. It's not just... You know, throwing money at a person for for nothing. You know, it's it's an overall help of the community because you know that's not good when people aren't you know living and doing things within our our country. The other things that we mentioned, um, getting them back out, of, you know, on their feet, getting them into homes, getting them out of poverty, getting them out of drug addictions, getting them mental health assistance. I am not necessarily saying that the government can realistically deal with all of this, but as a communal effort, you know, from everybody, if you can just have compassion and help out your fellow man, you know, you're going to be helping out not only yourself, but everybody around you in the long run, you know? Exactly. You can debate how much the government shouldn't be involved and yada yada, but at the end of the day, I'm of the opinion, you know, kind of just be compassionate with the people around you and deal with the issues uh, that they're having. Uh, and if, honestly, a big thing that I would consider is just helping people before they even get into that. Now, obviously, we have half a million people who are homeless right now, and they should be our priority in the sense when you're when you're coming at it from dealing with homelessness. But once we begin to progress, we should also start dealing with what's causing people to get into these extreme cases of poverty and and homelessness which is partially mental illness partially drug abuse and a big part of it is just affordable housing and general uh the amount of money people are getting paid you know the ability of people themselves to have money not only to afford housing but to afford utilities and all their other bills well um i think we hit a lot of a lot of very interesting points today. I think we, we, we talked on a lot of different topics and I think it went it went really well. Overall, um, I think we we all we reached kind of an agreement here that obviously, you know, these causes are very important and we definitely need to tackle them on, on separate levels. The the important thing now too is to, to get these homeless people um, a place to live in a stable home and get them off the street. And so that then the conversation becomes of doing that and right. who knows, maybe we can we can get some people in our government to start to start doing it. Maybe there's some local governments to start doing it. We can reach out to our mayors out there and see what we can find. Also, vote locally. I think it's something we'll probably be uh, advocating very often because uh, many issues can boil down to um, you voting in the people that you believe in. Try to fix the issues at hand. Now, uh, there's many different paths to fixing an issue, or at least people believe that there are different paths to fixing an issue. It could be more spending, less spending, bigger government, smaller government, 
who's responsible for what, whatever the case may be. As long as you have people who are passionate and are direct about the issues and actually progressing, actually doing um, a- actionable things towards resolving the issues in our society, those are the people that you should advocate for being in local government. If there, and if there's nobody like that, do it yourself, you know? Uh, if you feel like you have a voice, try to express it. Um, try to be educated. Exactly. Well said. Well said. Well, guys, um, it was a really fun episode today. Where Next week, we're going to be picking it up, talking about the minimum wage, actually. Kind of kind of bridging off our homelessness here and how a lot of people can't afford to live somewhere. Well, we're going to talk about why we think they can't afford and talk about you know, what we could maybe do in terms of getting people paid what they deserve to get paid. All right, guys, so uh, just follow us on Twitter at Robust Podcast, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.